We'll get right into the word here. Uh, if you want to turn with me to 1 Kings 19, I'll start reading there. 1 Kings 19. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came to sit down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept under the broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And then he looked, and there at, by his head was a, cooked bake, or a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time, touched him, and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank, and he went in the strength that the food of, the, of that food for 40 days and 40 nights, as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in the place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, tore down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, a still small voice. So it was, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord, God of hosts, but because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant and tore down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword, I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. And I'll stop right there. Today I'm going to speak on Do It Afraid. All right, to recap, 1 Kings uh, 18, Elijah was on Mount Carmel. This is a story, I'm pretty sure we all know it. Uh, there he, he got together 450 prophets of Baal, and he challenged them if their God would be real, then he would send fire down and it would burn up the bull. And if his God was real, then, it, he, then God would send down the fire and burn up the bull. Well, the story ends with our God being real, of course, and... And he sent fire down. Well, after that, the rains came, and uh, God actually provided strength to Elijah, and he ran back faster than uh, Ahab uh, on his chariots, which is incredible to me, but uh, I digress. Um, so here we have verse 1. Elijah has come up against opposition. So whenever you're doing something from the Lord, you're going to face opposition. All right, it says that Jezebel, uh, the evil queen, um, sent a messenger to Elijah saying that she was going to kill him. 
So he, he faced that opposition, and he grew fearful, and it says he ran into isolation, into the desert of Beersheba and beyond. Um, and you know he was scared because the little research, it is roughly 150 miles from Jezreel to Beersheba. That's a far ways. On a good day, I don't, I don't even walk a mile. <laughs> so this guy was terrified out of his mind. He left his servant in Beersheba, and then he kept on going because he was so afraid. So you're going to face op opposition, and if you're fearful enough, you will face isolation. When you get fearful, you'll put yourself into isolation and try to cast everyone out and just be alone and be safe. But if, if you'll turn with me to verse 6. It says, as he lay and slept under the broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. So the angel of the Lord came down, touched him, and said, arise and eat. Elijah had not planned for a 150-mile trip. He had not taken supplies. He hadn't smoked meat. He hadn't done anything to get ready for this trip. He said, he went out into the wilderness so that he might die. He said, it is enough, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. He was so scared he wanted to die, not at Jezebel's hand, but he wanted to die because he didn't want to be caught. So he faced that opposition of Jezebel. Then he grew fearful and ran into isolation. And that's where he got, saw God's provision. And God's provision, it fed him. He lay down to sleep again. And then the angel came back said, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. So he went with that strength for 40 days and 40 nights. I did a little research and it is believed that those 40 days and 40 nights wasn't actually 40 days and 40 nights. They used it as kind of a literary tool to indicate a very long journey. Uh, it was something like 260 miles is the, the estimated amount between... Um, where he was in the desert, a day's journey from Beersheba to Horeb. They said they don't know the exact location of Mount Horeb, but 260 miles on, what was it? Uh, cake baked on coals and a jar of water. That's, that's what he had to eat. And God sustained him. God's provision sustained him for 260 miles about. And this, this right here is the turning point. All right, in verse 10, the Lord says, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, tore down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Now, I'm, I'm inferring this, but I think I'm correct in saying he said that, in a complaining sort of voice. When my son sees a spider, Dad, 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 it's a spider, kill it. You know, he's complaining. All right, he's, he's complaining. And then, and then right here, get this. The Lord goes out, and he tells him to go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And the Lord passed by a great strong wind, so a tornado, and then an earthquake, and then a fire comes, and the Lord wasn't in them. Those were his qualifications. The Lord is all-powerful, all-knowing, and just awesome. He showed him what he can do. But then he shows 
his disposition, who he is. A still small voice came, and it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in a mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And the Lord asked him again, what are you doing here, Elijah? And I imagine he went from, they're they're coming to kill me. I, I don't know what to do, to they're coming to kill me. What should I do? He went, he went from whining and crying about a spider to, to what do you want me to do? Matthew 10 and 8 says, it says that, in paraphrasing, it says that don't be afraid of someone who can harm the flesh, but be afraid of the one who can damn the soul and the body to death and hell. Um, so basically, his fear went from Jezebel to being afraid and having fear for God. So he had the fear, but it wasn't the right kind of fear. And in this, his fear was changed to, to that of the fear of God. And it changed his, his perception. It changed how he was looking at things. And he saw that why, why do I need to be fearful when I have God on my side? This is when it turns around and says, God, they have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with a sword, and I alone am left. And they seek to take my life. What do I do? And this right here, this is awesome. Verse 15. Thank God there's a verse 15, you know what? Then the Lord said to him, go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. So right there, Elijah was afraid. He had faced opposition. He grew fearful and ran into isolation. And then his fearful isolation, he saw God's provision tremendously. And then he's complaining to God. God shows him his qualifications, and then he shows him his disposition. He shows him who he is, and that changes Elijah's whole perspective on everything. And now he's got the right kind of fear towards God. And then verse 15, God shows his faithfulness. Thank God for God's faithfulness. Go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, anoint Hazel as king over Syria... Also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphet of Abel-Menhala. You'll have to excuse my pronunciation. You shall anoint as prophet in your place. It shall be that whosoever escapes the sword of Hazel, Jehu will kill, and whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel whose knees have not bowed to Baal in every mouth that has not kissed him. So even though Elijah ran, what is it, um, 310 miles roundabout, he, he ran on foot so far away from Israel and what God had for him in that particular area, but still God showed him his mercy and his grace, and he still had a plan for him. So 
So in closing, God, God shows his unwavering devotion towards us, no matter the circumstances of our life. And he didn't call us to be fearless. He just called us to be willing and to be there.